Do you ever feel that bad habits have taken over your life? When stress and anxiety mount, do your go-to behaviors wreak havoc on your time, relationships, work, and finances? According to Dr. Amy Johnson, psychologist and author of the popular audiobook, The Little Book of Big Change, changing bad habits is far less daunting and much more simple than you might think. It relies on neuroplasticity, the brain's ability to reorganize itself, and requires no willpower at all. Hi, welcome to Your Great Journey. We offer brief tips, techniques, and insights to help you move in positive directions and master big change. For more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A.com. Today we have an excerpt from the audiobook The Little Book of Big Change, The No-Willpower Approach to Breaking Any Habit, written by psychologist Dr. Amy Johnson. Drawing on a powerful combination of neuroscience and spirituality, this audiobook will show you that your habits and addictions are the result of simple brain wiring that is easily reversed. In this excerpt, Dr. Johnson offers a great example to help you learn how to separate your thoughts from the reality of your situation. She also shares information about neuroplasticity, the brain's ability to rewire itself. Ready to take back your life? Have a listen. Mario once had overwhelming urges to play online poker. In the year prior to our working together, he gambled away nearly $45,000. The only thing keeping Mario's gambling habit alive was the fact that he saw his urges in a way that led him to repeatedly act on them. The urges themselves weren't the problem. Urges have no inherent power. They are the armless, legless inner lizard, the backseat driver who's screaming at you to run the red light. If Mario had deeply seen that his urges were powerless, he would have never gambled as much as he did. Rather than see their powerlessness, he, like most of us, focused on their strengths, the rush of energy, the tension that built up within him, the panic he felt, and the intense drive to get his fix. Mario would have done just about anything to reduce that tension and to begin to feel better. For a long time, the only way he knew to do that was to obey the urge and gamble. Each time Mario obeyed an urge, he strengthened the neural circuitry that supported his habit. Acting on his urges essentially told his lower brain to keep the urges coming, and the more Mario obeyed his urges, the more his lower brain kept them coming. The Shift When Mario began insightfully seeing his urges as temporary thought that would eventually fade on its own, no matter how strong it felt, he began to feel as if he had a choice. With that choice, 
he stopped giving in to the urges as much. He still experienced urges to visit his favorite casinos or poker websites, and sometimes he would follow through. But other times, he would wait them out, and when he did, they always faded. When Mario stopped acting on his urges as often, one of the first things he noticed was that the urges changed a little. They were still there, but it didn't feel like they were hijacking his mind the way it felt before. He felt less consumed by them. Suddenly, there was more distance between him and the urges. Mario's urges became less and less intense and less and less frequent until they were no longer an issue. At some point, his urges stopped entirely. With no more urges for Mario to potentially act on, there was no more habit, and Mario's gambling problem was over. That doesn't mean he won't experience urges in the future. It's just that, as his understanding shifted, his experience shifted. At some point, when you stop acting on urges and you no longer give them attention, they stop showing up. When and how that looks is different for everyone. The important thing to know is that the more you see your urges as harmless, fleeting thought, the easier it becomes to not act on them. The less you act on them, the weaker they become and the less you experience them. It's worth noting that if Mario had stopped acting on his urges to gamble by discipline or willpower alone, without having seen a deeper truth about himself as innately healthy and habit-free, and without having seen a deeper truth about the nature of thought, there's an excellent chance that he would have taken up a different habit in future times of stress. We all know people who swap habits in that way, because they don't see the deeper truths this book is pointing you toward. They white-knuckle their way through the end of one habit, only to later pick up a new one. The understanding that nice, peaceful feelings are accessible to you whenever your thinking settles down makes it such that you are unlikely to swap habits. Your current habit has nothing to do with the specific thoughts or overt behaviors you have. It is about using a behavior to relieve your internally generated discomfort, that is, mere thought rather than stepping back and letting your self-correcting mind write itself naturally. Your Plastic Brain The brain is an incredibly efficient organ. The lower brain fights to keep patterns and habits in place once they are formed. This is why habits take hold relatively quickly. Once your habit is met with a rush of neurochemicals and reinforced by you obeying its urges, there is momentum in favor of keeping that habit alive. But that doesn't mean the momentum can't shift. You are spiritual energy, universal mind. That trumps physical organs and neural circuitry. Because the source of all life is pure, unlimited potential, your brain does not impact your ability to experience deep peace and well-being. That, all that is, energy makes anything possible. So, shifts in awareness and understanding are always possible. Shifts are always possible in neuroscience terms, too. In the introduction, I briefly discussed the concept of self-directed neuroplasticity, which refers to the fact that actions of the mind, how you think and where you focus your attention, can physically change the brain. Sharon Begley's 2007 book, Train Your Mind, Change Your Brain, offers an excellent presentation of this fascinating research. Scientists have found that the brain is far more malleable, or plastic, hence the term neuroplasticity, 
than had previously been thought. A dramatic example of this is the fact that the brain changes to compensate for losses in other areas. When someone has had a stroke, for instance, the unaffected brain areas begin to pick up the slack. The brain displays this same plasticity on a much more mundane level as well, consciously deciding to focus on something in particular or to not focus on something, as in the case when you choose to dismiss an urge, changes the neural makeup of the brain. This means that as you decide to not act on an urge, the momentum shifts in your brain and it is poised for change. Jeffrey Schwartz and Sharon Begley's 2002 work with patients with obsessive-compulsive disorder, OCD, used brain scans to show that a self-directed shift in attention that resulted in patients not obeying their urges resulted in a weakened presence of those urges in the brain. The neural structure of the section of the brain where patients' OCD was represented was physically different. With time, those patients with OCD experienced fewer and fewer urges and compulsions, and the intensity of those urges lessened until there was nothing left to obey. With nothing left to obey, their habits failed to impact their lives. When there are no urges, the only thing that can cause you to do the thing that was once your habit is your own free will. You could do it if you deliberately chose to, but then it would no longer be a habit. When you are no longer acting on urges, your habit is essentially non-existent. It is worth repeating that how this happens is personal and unique. It looks a little different for everyone. Some people have a moment of insight that instantly changes things for them, but it's more common for a new understanding of your habit to unfold gradually. For me and for many of the clients I've worked with, the insights were quite sudden, but the behavior took some time to catch up. I saw in an instant that my urges to binge were not me and that I did not have to give in to them, but the behaviors associated with my habit died out more gradually. There was a period of time when I did occasionally give in. It felt different, however. I was no longer hijacked. I was aware that I was making a choice, and my binges were far less intense than they had been. Every person's experience is different, but one thing is the same for us all. If you begin to see your urges as powerless and stop giving in to them, they will begin to change. With no power given them, there is no neurological energy to maintain them. How, when, and the amount of time that takes is different for everyone. Thanks for listening to this excerpt from the audiobook, The Little Book of Big Change, The No-Willpower Approach to Breaking Any Habit. You can purchase the complete audiobook from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please join us at yourgreatjourney.com. Thanks for listening. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com.